You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 83, with Phil Potts. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, all of you Abundant Leaders? Glad to be back. I'm glad you're here listening to me. I am Wally Carmichael, your host of the Men of Abundance podcast and founder of the Men of Abundance Society, very, very soon to come. So today, as you can tell from the title of the show, we are talking about how to be a heroic husband. And I have a quick question for you. How is your relationship with your spouse or your girlfriend? Are you sure? Do you really know how your relationship is on a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rate your relationship? How do you think your girlfriend or your wife would rate your relationship? I want you to keep that in mind as you're listening to this conversation between myself and Phil because you might be correct in your initial assessment, but chances are you're probably not because many men are quite frankly oblivious to the actual state of your relationships. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. Before I dig into this amazing conversation with Phil, I just absolutely have to share something with you. So recently, I had a good friend of mine. He contacted me, an old Army buddy of mine, and he knows he's been listening to the podcast, and he wants to start his own podcast, and he's got some amazing, amazing ideas. This guy is truly very gifted in what he's doing. But one of the things he didn't know how to do and he needed some assistance on was to help him get his podcast started and really to kind of hold him accountable, just like many of us need when we're starting something new, we need to be held accountable. So he contacted me and we talked about it a little bit and I started working with him and then he decided that he wanted to repay me and the way he did that was he introduced me to this amazing membership site called Freedom. It's spelled F-R-E-E-D-Y-M. Freedom, the Netflix for lifestyle entrepreneurs. And I'm telling you, they call themselves the Netflix for lifestyle entrepreneurs for a reason because there are so many videos and tutorials in this membership site. I, I can't even count them all. There is so much information in there. If you are not on track and focused on what it is that you wanna do, for a business to start your own business if you don't even have an idea yet you will get lost in all of the videos so if you get into this membership site and you are focused and know exactly what you want to do or at least an idea of what you want to do and you go down the right path you are easily gonna have a business completely set up and ready to go easily within 30 days that's not them talking that's me talking based on what I see now I specifically wanted to start a membership site and this is what John knew about me. That's why he introduced me to freedom. And I get in there, I've lost count. I don't know how many videos there are on starting a membership site from a very elaborate site to even just a one page site that you can literally get started in just a couple minutes. If you wanna learn about Facebook marketing, if you wanna learn about all the new marketing, wanna learn about bots, Instagram marketing, creating lead magnets. I can go on and on and on. If you've ever had any idea of starting a side hustle, but don't know how to get started, and you want the step-by-step walkthrough on video with the tutorials, 
I'm telling you what, you absolutely have to check out Freedom. And since I am a member, you can become a member for just $1. And even then, it's only $30 a month. I'm telling you, the first videos that you watch, the first video that you watch will easily pay for itself. So I'm just excited about this. I just wanted to share it with you because the resource is unbelievable. So if you ever thought of starting a business or you currently have a business, whether it's brick and mortar or online and you're struggling in your marketing or you're struggling in any way, I strongly encourage you to get access to Freedom so that you can check it out and see what it can do for you. I'm absolutely positive that you will find something in there for you. To get access to Freedom and get the $1 trial, go to menofabundance.com, click on the resources tab, look under business resources and you'll see it right there. Click on that link, go through there, check it out. Just go ahead and get access because you know you can cancel at any time of course, but you're gonna wanna check it out and at least see all the stuff that they have in there. It is truly unbelievable, I'm blown away. John, thanks very much for introducing me to Freedom and I look forward to hearing your podcast and having you on the show really soon. Now, let me introduce you to and tell you a little bit about our featured guest today. Phil Potts is a nationally certified marriage coach, the director of Renegade Gentlemen Men's Ministry, and author of Habits of Heroic Husbands. Man, I have read this book. It's a very easy read, but very, very powerful. You definitely want to get your hands on it. I'm going to have it linked up in the show notes. Now, I'm not going to go too much into his bio because we have this conversation and it's very captivating how he made the realization that he wasn't meeting up to his end of the bargain and his wife definitely wasn't where he thought she was in their relationship. We have that conversation. We talk about what he's doing for other men and what he can possibly do for you. So, Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Mr. Phil Potts. Phil, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Wally. My pleasure. Great to be here. Where are you at in the world? I am in Alabama. Alabama, <laughs> Alabama. I've driven. I drove through Alabama, and I drove through really quick. <laughs> it wasn't I for understand. any other. It wasn't for any other reason other than I was moving from Texas to Florida, and my wife was cracking the whip, and she did not want to stop. So <laughs> I'm like, let's stop. I always like to stop somewhere and hang out for a little bit, but we were in a hurry to get to Florida, and coming back, we were in just as much of a hurry to get back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're uh, alone when it comes to not spending too much. Uh, I've been here for about 10 years. My wife's family grew up here, uh, and or she grew up here, and her family's been here for generations. And so it's home uh, for our family for the last 10 years. I grew up in New York, but uh, I've been down here for 10 years. Wow, what you got? What, what got you down there? A girl. Yeah, that'll do it. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> that'll do it almost every time. Well, before we get too much into the show, I really love to start the show out the, basically the same way I start every morning, and it just makes every day such a much better day to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Phil? Well, you just can't beat starting things that way. Um, if I had to give you something that I'm thankful for, it would be second chances. I when it comes to relationships and things that we're going to be talking about today have just screwed up so many times just so many times and I thank God and I thank my wife for second chances wow that's the first time that one has been mentioned on the show and it 
literally, it sounds, I know it sounds weird sometimes, but it literally warmed my heart. And can I throw in third and fourth chances too? I think I've gone farther than that. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because some of us just don't learn quick enough, man. Oh, man, yeah. So where did I fill in some gaps? Uh, I like to get a little bit personal here on Men of Abundance, and I like to find out more about the men behind the abundance. So fill in some of the more personal stuff that I wasn't able to share with er, share with the guys earlier. Sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, I'll back up and start. I tell you I'm thankful for second <laughs> third and fourth and fifth chances like you said uh when i was 20 years old i got married uh to a 17 year old girl and i had just really done a terrible job with relationships all the way up to that point and we got married and we were divorced four years later and i lived in a community where divorce was just absolutely not acceptable i was just you know pretty much cast out of the city and uh or the community for sure the religious community and it was a tough next few years for me. And then I met Shannon and got married and didn't do a whole lot better. My second shot at it. But then I did go to that Chick-fil-A marriage retreat. And that was kind of a, a, a shock to me, if you will. And I actually, for the first time, looked in the mirror and realized this is not a good thing. I am not good at relationships. I was always overconfident or arrogant, depending on how you want to frame it. And I thought that I was a pretty good guy and I thought that I was doing a pretty good job. But that was the first time that I honestly wiped some fog off of my mirror and realized I stink when it comes to relationships. Sounds like you're about 80 to 90 percent of most men at that age. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, that's my experience anyway. And, and I'm the same way. My experience exactly that, you know, most of us are self-centered. And I know I was. I'm going to speak for myself. I was self-centered. I was arrogant. Even though I had real, no real reason to be arrogant, quite frankly, uh, if you got arrogance and can back that up, that's one thing. But I really didn't, <laughs> you know. Especially when it comes to relationships, you know. So it's just a sad yeah. state of affairs. But you turned it around. I mean, ultimately, you figured that out. So at what point, you know, we get into our our kick in the gut moment here, and I'm sure that that was a kick in the gut moment when you realized that you and your wife were so far apart on that scale from one to ten. But what was a kick in the gut moment? that you'd like to share with our abundant leaders here that really kind of took you to your knees. Make us feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was after that retreat that I went to, and I was just going for fun. I didn't even realize what I was getting into. I didn't realize that it was going to be an in-depth, heart-to-heart thing. I was just going to have some Chick-fil-A food and hang out with my friends. Yeah, hey, I love that Chick-fil-A food, man. <laughs> we don't have right. that out here in Hawaii. I, I know you don't. It's rough. But I, I was I was going for the for the the social aspect of it, and I that question was presented. That's the only thing I really remember from the entire weekend. And it was if you were to rank your marriage on a one to ten scale, what would it be? And I ranked it a seven. And my wife, when I saw her paper later, gave it a four, below mm. average. And I asked her about it later, and she actually had thought about it, and she said, Phil, when I gave you that four. If I'm honest, I was just being generous. I oh. didn't want to hurt your feelings. It's more like a two or a three. And that was uh, after soaking that in, Wally, and after really pondering that, my just bring me to my knees moment was realizing that the girl that I loved, I really did. I really loved her. The girl that I was, was, was wanting to spend the rest of my life with just kind of scored me on a report card and gave me a failing grade. She said, Phil... If I'm honest with you, you are not even average. You're not even a 5 out of 10 
when it comes to the kind of husband that I expect and hoped you would be. And that was my I am on my knees moment. So was there any kind of criteria or anything like that? Or that did they just come out and say, rank your marriage from uh, 1 to 10? Or did they kind of give you some categories to look at? <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> the, best, the best I remember that question was blindsided. Just mm-hmm. a blindside question. There were the, we, we were given just a few pages. There were lots of different questions, and I don't remember any of the others. But that one question was, I think, just kind of a summary question. Just overall. If you had to rank your marriage, what would it be? You know, from really struggling to average to exceptional. And she said that I was, you know, that, that our marriage, our relationship was below average. And and I, I need to defend my bride. When I actually spent some time looking honestly in the mirror after I, you know, started picking myself up off of my knees and realizing I stand at a crossroad here, I, I actually saw with clarity that she was right. My score was ridiculous. She was absolutely right in her assessment. So you were completely oblivious. Like I said, I'll take it on myself. I've been in that position. I've been there myself. You were completely oblivious to the fact that you were basically receiving a seven on what you thought you needed from the relationship. But obviously she wasn't receiving a seven, not even close. And you were you figured the relationship is good because you're getting what you need out of it, not realizing she wasn't getting what she needed out of the relationship. Is that a accurate assessment? Oh, it's a very astute observation. Extremely accurate. Right on. Right on. So you had the very rare opportunity, too rare, I, I believe, uh, as looking at how many divorces there are out there, you had the rare opportunity to have that question asked of you too. And then have the opportunity to assess it and realize that I'm not feeling my part. That's right. That's exactly right. And then the second half, if you will, of the, you know, to my knees moment, the the kick in the gut moment was realizing that I'm a man of mediocrity. And Mm. I hate that. I have hated that for my whole life from being, you know, in high school and playing ball to you know, college and I mean, just whatever I did, I wanted to do a good job at it. I wanted to excel and do my best. And, and I'm, I'm a competitive person by nature. And, and I just had to really be honest and realize I am a man of mediocrity when it comes to marriage and relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get into that enough is enough moment. And we're going to see how you turn that around and ultimately got mm-hmm. into writing this amazing book. I heard this story years ago and it was kind of an analogy type of thing. But the group of people in in the um, in the class, I guess it was the environment was asked, is a, is a, a successful relationship? Is it a 50 50 effort? You know, and people jumped up there and said it's a 50-50 effort, it's a 20-80 effort, meaning i got to put in 80%, I should expect back 20%, so on and so forth. And then one individual walked up there and put 100% and mm-hmm. said it's a 100% effort. And the explanation is, I need to be able to put 100% effort, time, and everything into this relationship and expect nothing back in return. And mm-hmm. And... Not saying you won't get anything back in return, but I believe that that is that I, I accepted that and I looked at that and I read that whole article and I read more about it since then. That was years ago, and mm-hmm. I, it's my belief that 
everybody, I sh- me personally, I should put in 100%, regardless of what I expect is going to get back. You give it, and then if, if it's to come back to you, it's going to come back to you. What are your thoughts on that? I love it. I absolutely love it. That, And if I can piggyback something on that continuum, I, I think your point is so accurate and something that I can't remind myself of enough. I daily struggle with you know, you just subconsciously look for the 50-50s or even the 75-25s. You pat yourself on the back if you feel like you're meeting your three-quarters of the way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're exactly right because when you go 100% her way, when you, you know, and it's not being a doormat, but you know what I'm saying. When you 100% try to serve her, meet her where she is, be what she needs you to be, it does come back to you. That's just kind of a beautiful thing about the way God designed relationships, I believe. And, and so... Yes, the more that I head in that direction, the better our relationship gets, the better my life gets personally, too. It comes back to me. Um, and I, what I wanted to piggyback on that, I, I've started kind of viewing that continuum and that 100% thing. And I've, I've had kind of a just a, an imagination moment, if you will. I can't ever imagine getting to heaven and having my father look at me, having God look at me when he's, you know, going to kind of give me a word and say, you served her too much. You know, you went too far in her direction. You know, that's just not going to happen. And I want him to look at me and say, nice job, Phil. You treated my daughter well. You know, the girl that I gave you to spend your life with, you treated her the way I wanted you to. I, I just want that big time. I want him to think I did a good job. And, and he's never going to say you went too far. So I love, love, love your 100% analogy. Yeah, and I love where you took that because you took it to a different place. Number one, I want to point out what you said is don't be a doormat. And you just got to evaluate that. You got to do those personal evaluations. But the other cool mm-hmm. thing I, I saw that, that you said that I heard you say is that you touched on and, and added on to is the 50-50. If, if I'm expecting 50-50, that means I'm only putting in 50%. So I might get up and make her breakfast in the morning, but I'm not going to make mm-hmm. her lunch and dinner. <laughs> you know, that's right. That's right. Will you do that to your kids? No, absolutely not. Yeah. So, so let's get into that. Yeah. Let's get into that enough is enough moment. What was the process? What? How did you start getting to where you both were equally, or at least close to? Who knows if it's ever going to? I'd say it's a moving target. If it's ever going to be mm-hmm. equally ten ten, but at least you're making the effort. Oh man, absolutely. Yeah, so true on both of those. Well, I, I realized I stood at a crossroad. When I look back, it really seems quite simple, but I realized that I stood at a crossroad. I could, I could either continue to live a life of mediocrity or I could make some drastic changes to try to change my path. You know, whether I wanted to or not, our relationship was headed somewhere. It was headed toward a destination. And if I looked five years out, if I looked 10 years out, I was walking a path toward mediocrity. And I did not want to stay on that path. So I really went off the deep end. I decided no more, enough is enough. And I started going crazy. I started uh, getting a lot of help. I started going to counseling. I started reading books. I started talking to coaches. I started hanging around people that had a good marriage. I just really did everything that I could imagine or, or think of doing in order to head down the path and change the path to where I wanted to go. And I wanted to do it for myself, but even more, I wanted to do it for her. I wanted her to be able to say that she was really, really glad that she married this guy and didn't have to live with a four out of ten the rest of her life. Very good point. So what did that look like? How did you? How were you able to do that? I took a couple of steps and I fell, and I took a couple more and I <laughs> fell, and I took a couple more and I fell. Um, 
it it was a real trial and error difficult time um you know it was a decade wally it was 10 years for me before we got to a point where she would if asked say i've got an amazing relationship um it wasn't an overnight thing and and it took me a very long time and i think a lot of that was just because i had such poor relational habits I'm blessed to have a wife that has good relational habits. She just does. She has good relational habits. So it wasn't two of us stumbling and learning all the way along. It was really me stumbling and learning all the way along. But she just was patient with me, and I slowly kept learning, and I slowly kept undoing the bad habits relationally that I had developed and then reinstating some new ones that I was learning and it gradually, step by step, got better and better and better. Women are some amazing creatures, you know. Yes, they are. And I say that because when you're the way you're talking right now, you're perfectly describing my wife and her trials mm. and tribulations with me. Mm-hmm. Twenty-four years of marriage, and goodness gracious, it's a wonder we've made it this far. And I can say it's it's we're still together because of her patience and yeah. uh, her. They just have this amazing ability with relationships, for one, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife is exactly the same way. And then along the way, so did you document your journey along the way, or was that something, a recollection later that you started realizing these habits that you were building to to write your book? No, it would be the second. I didn't I didn't have this plan at all. I was a, uh, an optometrist uh, by living, and I had spent a whole lot of time pursuing and getting that degree and then building uh, private practice. And so I had no intention of heading in this direction whatsoever. And then I just became burdened, absolutely burdened with the fact that optometry was not the way that I was supposed to continue going and that I was supposed to just absolutely jump off of that ship and get onto the ship of talking to other guys that can relate to what I've been through and seeing if I can walk a few steps alongside of them. Describe burdened. What do you mean by that? Because I know there's a lot of other men out there who just, they're not in that zone. They're not in that happy mode. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, many of them don't know why. But you recognized that at least part of how you were feeling had to do with your vocation at the time. Yeah, yeah. I guess the best word that I could maybe use would be restlessness. Mm-hmm. I just felt restless. And I searched my heart and really tried to make sure that I was right with God, right with my wife. I didn't want the restlessness to be somewhere that I was, you know, needing to look and not looking. But when I really realized and, and felt in, you know, times of prayer that God was saying, No, you're where you need to be, Phil. You're doing okay and the restlessness remained, I then started to see with clarity that, no, it was my career that had to go. I wasn't going to be an optometrist anymore, and and that was a big change. That was obviously something I planned to do for the rest of my life, and it was something that was safe, if you will. Mm-hmm. I already had the degree, and so I can you know, get a good salary anywhere in the world with that degree, and I was apprehensive at first but then excited once I started to realize that my passion was not in optometry and my passion was very very much in relationships and once I got on board with that and started moving further in that direction doors began to open and I got more excited the further I got to walk that way. 
Well, Phil, I want to congratulate you on making that decision. Uh, and I mean that seriously because there's so many men out there who, one, recognize they, regardless of how much money and time they spent to do the current vocation that they're doing and how good they are at it, they recognize that they're just not happy where they're at. But most simply will not take that next step and take that leap uh, and jump uh, to mm. another career. It's just scary as hell. It's it's super scary. Yes, it is. And yes, so, how is. did you you when you were doing that process? How did you start moving into that process? Did you just completely pr- quit your practice, or did you and, and start go, getting the training you need to be a certified marriage coach, or were you doing that kind of on the side as a, like a side hustle? Mm-hmm. I did it on the side at first. I did it on the side at first. I came across a guy by the name of Dan Miller, who's written a pretty well-known book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. It's a New York Times bestselling book. And and I started reading his materials, and, and then I got to have the opportunity to get coached by Dan a little bit. And he really began to let me look at some, help me look at some things through a different lens, through the lens of, well, if I really took the money blinders off is what he would call it you know what would I do every day if I didn't have to have a paycheck and I needed a paycheck don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but if I didn't have to have the paycheck what would I do and it just became clear quickly that what I would do would be talk about relationships and talk about marriage and so I started doing it part-time I actually the the book that you're mentioning I actually wrote the first draft of that book on my phone with my thumbs in the middle of the night while holding my baby that couldn't sleep. (laughs) I wrote the whole first draft that way um, over many months and uh, and and that's how it all began and so I sat at night and held the baby that couldn't sleep and rocked him wrote the book with my thumbs on my phone and got up and went and did eye exams during the daytime and then after I worked part-time at it for a while I just again felt that restlessness I felt that push if you will, that it's time to jump, it's time to go for it. And when I talked with my wife, Shannon, about it, she felt the exact same thing. And we just considered that a sign from God. And I cut the ties with optometry and have been going forward ever since. That is truly amazing. And I am familiar with Dan Miller and that book. And I want to add to, and I don't know if he does this or not, but I want to add to that money blindness part in that his question was, if money wasn't really an issue, what would you be doing? But the other thing I want to add to that, I don't know how much you were making as an optometrist and I don't know how much money you're making now, but I do know many stories where, and myself included as a matter of fact, where you're making great money, but I'm just not happy. And it's, it's, you, you realize I could make less money doing what I love and live the lifestyle that I want to live and just be much happier and live a much more abundant lifestyle. Yes, I could not agree more with that. I could not agree more with that. I realized that the paycheck actually was very, very little when it came to the big picture of everything. And the more that I saw that with clarity, the easier the decision got. It really was difficult in the beginning, and then it was a moderately difficult decision. But the further you walk down that path, it really becomes an easy decision. And then when you look back, it seems like a simplistic decision once you're on the other side. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Right. So what is Renegade Gentleman Men's Ministry? It's the ministry that I founded uh, a couple of years ago to help guys that want to have a better marriage. If there are guys that are saying, hey, I, I, I hear you, and my marriage isn't perfect, and none of ours are, and 
I'd like to make it better. I'd like to do it for my wife and I'd like to do it for my kids and for myself. Uh, we just started developing resources and putting things together to hopefully help guys head in the right direction. My, my goal with the ministry is to help guys be able to make that forward progress in a fraction of the time that it took me to fumble around and do it. Yeah, and a lot of guys just don't realize that they're headed down that road. When I was in Germany, I had a good friend who was, um, he wasn't a marriage counselor, but he was a psychologist, and we used to have, sit down and have conversations, mm -hmm. and it really helped out my marriage early on and made me realize a lot of things at a younger age that, you know, I was hard-headed and didn't completely sink in, but I was just loving <laughs> the fact. So I bring that up because I know there are also men out there who probably think, am I in this situation? Do I need this type of counseling? What would you say to those guys? Well, it depends on what you want out of life. I don't think that everybody is up for it. Just, you know, I, I there were times in my life that I was not at a place <laughs> that I was going to get anything good out of it. You know, you know that you shared that you've been at those places too. And if, if, you know, you are content with where you are and, and don't want any more than, then, you know, talking with somebody about it or taking a course or reading a book or whatever is probably not going to change much. But if you're willing to look at the possibility of what would life look like if I had more, you know, what would my life really look like if I took a moment and really truly imagined a marriage that my wife thought was amazing? What would my life be like if my wife thought our marriage was amazing? And when I sit and have those moments, it just fires me up. And I say, I am going to do some more work. I am going to take another step of action. I am going to do something about it because I want that for myself. I want that for my wife and for my kids. And so it makes it so that it's worth it. It makes it so that even though it's overwhelming, you know, Mo, I, again, I appreciate you speaking for yourself. I'll speak for myself. I don't like to work on my marriage. It's not at the top of my, you know, things I love to do list. It's just uncomfortable. It's not fun, but it's worth it. And that's where I've really had a whole lot of growth, if you will, that I've learned that it's worth it. Every time I take a few steps of action, I'm glad that I did. I don't like it while I'm doing it. It's uncomfortable. It's not my favorite thing to do. But then when I look back just even a week or even a month i'm glad i did it it was worth it absolutely correct and we grow in our discomfort you don't grow yes. in your comfort zone you don't when That's it's so comfortable true. when you go home every day and you sit down on the couch flip on the boob tube grab a drink you know yeah grab yep. a grab a meal whatever if your wife made it for you or not you know and you just <laughs> do the same thing every every day that's comfortable but you're not growing as an individual you're not growing as a man you're not growing as a father and you're certainly not growing as the husband that you should be for your wife yeah and man we as guys gravitate toward comfortable i love that you brought that up because i mean we just do or i do i mean my gracious i like comfortable <laughs> i just mm -hmm. I just gravitate toward it. So it is hard to to be willing to step up out of that, get, get up off the couch like you just mentioned. But it ends up being worth it. It, it just ends up being worth it. It absolutely is. So, Phil, at this point, we are going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Man, yeah. Outstanding. So give men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Good stuff. My first is to just spend a few seconds thinking about what it would look like if you had more. Just imagine it and imagine it for yourself and then imagine it for your wife and actually really try to paint the picture of some specifics. 
what would it look like if you guys had a relationship that was truly extraordinary and how would that change your life how would it change her life and how would it change your kid's life and that's probably my number one big thing and then if I could my next one would be we have a free video series that we put together to kind of outline that to kind of help some people start to ask some of those questions and I'd be honored if you guys would take a few minutes and glance at it. It, it uh, kind of asked some of those questions, and then I tried to put some things on the table for me that really made it where it totally was worth it, and I hope that I can paint that picture for some of your uh, men that are listening as well. And I think that when they start doing that, start really imagining what that would be like, it's motivation to be able to then start moving forward. And I need motivation. I need a lot of it. Mm, wonderful i love it and we'll we'll definitely tag in and link up the uh access to that in the show notes and those will be at menofabundance.com so what daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life i think that it would be very connected to what i just said the probably the most important habit that i have developed that has the biggest impact is i started calling it morning anticipation and evening reflection Every morning, I try to take just a few moments and, and imagine what do I want today to look like and what steps of action am I going to take to move closer to my wife in order to improve our relationship. And then at the end of the day, I take just a few seconds and I ask myself, how did I do? And I really do an honest assessment with wiping the fog off of the mirror and imagining somebody else assessing me and how did I really do with what I planned to do? And was there any area that I fell short? And if I do, I try to then lay out an action plan of, how am I going to make sure that I do better tomorrow? And those few seconds in the morning of anticipation and those few seconds in the evening of honest reflection, I do it right before I go to bed, of honest reflection have really shaped and and molded my entire days many times. That's very powerful. And I'm assuming that those are just a few of the habits of heroic husbands. Yeah, that I shared one that I had outlined. That's that's one of them. <laughs> yes, that's right. Good deal. So other than your book, and we've already mentioned other books as well, um, what other books, what, what are you listening to or reading these days that are uh, helping you on your journey? My favorite marriage book is Love and War by John and Stacey Eldridge. Mm. I read that book a few years ago, and John, I've never met John, but he is a mentor of mine. I've read many things that he has read and heard him speak on a number of occasions and even though we've never met he's just one of the big big mentors in my life that has been the catalyst for a lot of change and that book love and war really helped me see marriage through a different lens and i would highly recommend it to anybody that would even consider the possibility of wanting more in their relationship perfect so I got two more questions for you. One I'm going to change up a little bit just because of your specialty and what you do. But what do you feel holds most men back from reaching that that 10 that they should have in their relationship if they want it? That's powerful. That's powerful. I think there are two things if I can share two. Absolutely. And they're my two they're my two biggest struggles and I've had an opportunity to talk to a whole lot of guys and I've learned I'm not alone in these two biggest struggles. But my two biggest struggles are number one, thinking that close enough is close enough. You know, when I worked really hard and I got up to, it's easy for us to kind of think in, in hard numbers. When I got up to a six or seven out of 10, I stalled. I really thought this is pretty good. 
my life is decent now. It's comfortable. I'm okay. She's pretty happy. I'm pretty happy. And that was a real hurdle for me to realize that there is a chasmic difference between a 6 or 7 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10. And I needed a real kick in the butt to be able to then say, I'm going to get back up and start working hard again because close enough is not close enough when it comes to really trying to maximize a relationship. And then the second biggest struggle that I have is I fear failure. I'm terrified of failure. If I really give something a shot, if I lay it on the line and I fail, I'm not going to show it right up front, but man, I'm mad. I'm crushed. I'm hurt. (laughs) I really am afraid of failure. And I have been my whole life. And if I really try to sit down and have an honest conversation with my wife, Shannon, and, and I really lay it out there and try to do some step of action to make our relationship better and it flops, then I'm really picking up the pieces. That is a really, really hard thing for me to try to give it another shot and pick myself up by my bootstraps and go again. So the two biggest hurdles that I face are being content with pretty good and fearing failure. Yeah, excellent answers. I really appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. My dad used to always say, close enough is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Phil? I like that, Wally. I think I would have to say that that means maximizing potential. I, when I started, whether it's working on a relationship or walking with Dan Miller toward a new career or being a dad to my boys, I've got three boys. I read that you've got three boys too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to maximize potential. I want to swing for it and give it all I've got. I don't want to leave anything behind. I want to make sure I put it all out on the table. And so when I think of a life of abundance, it would be, did I really truly maximize the God-given potential in my life when it comes to my career, when it comes to my marriage, when it comes to my parenting, or did I hold some back? Excellent. absolutely love it. I heard this analogy at one point that said, when I enter the pearly gates, I don't want to walk in nice and slow. I want to slide in like I'm sliding into home plate. Oh, man. Head first. Head first. Even better. Even better. I absolutely like love it. it. Man, this was a great conversation. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to getting more into what you're doing. And I have to give some love to uh, interview valet with uh, Karen and Tom over there. They're just amazing, amazing people. They have sent me and introduced me to some amazing men like yourself who are just doing wonderful things around the world and for communities uh, of men and women. So I got to give some love to them. Thank you guys so much. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. So we are going to close this up. And before we do, if you could just leave us with a parting piece of guidance in any way that we can reach you, any links that we'll put up in the show notes. Yeah, man. Well, if it's all right with you, we we've got some resources that we've want that we just want to give away to your group. I'm excited about what you're doing, Wally, and we've got about fifty dollars of resources that we usually sell. That we've set fifty of them aside that we want to give away to your listeners. And so, just as kind of a fun little incentive to go watch that video series and maybe take a step of action, the first fifty guys that are willing to go to renegadegentleman.com forward slash abundance renegadegentleman.com forward slash abundance and sign up to watch that free short little video series we're going to send them that 
$50 of, of uh, resource stuff and hope that it can help move your marriage forward. And there are no strings attached. We just want it to be helpful and think that hopefully you'll enjoy it and see some forward progress as a result. Yeah, Phil, I really appreciate that. Uh, it means a lot that you do that for our guys, and uh, I'm sure many of them will take advantage of that right away. Good stuff. All right, again, I truly enjoyed this uh, conversation. I look forward to talking with you much more in the future. There's, uh, We just build these connections and relationships. If there's anything that I can do for you, let me know, and uh, we'll be there for you. Same to you, my friend. It's a pleasure. really enjoyed talking with you. Awesome. Have a good day. You too, Wally. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Men of Abundance, that was, again, another amazing conversation. My takeaway is this. Do not assume that your relationship is going well. If you have not asked your spouse, if you have not asked your girlfriend how she's feeling in the relationship, have these conversations, then you're really missing out. And if you don't know how to ask those questions, I encourage you to pick up Phil's book, Habits of Heroic Husbands, because he talks about that. He walks you through step-by-step on how to have those conversations. I'm, I consider myself a pretty slow reader, and I got through the book very quickly. One, because it's not very long, and two, because it was extremely captivating. I love the stories in it, and I just got right through it. Phil wrote it very professionally, and it was just very captivating. So go out and get the book for sure. Again, that book and all the other resources that I mentioned during the conversation and before the show is linked up at menofabundance.com forward slash 083. Now go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.